Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. Tell me more <laughs> about the concept of the joy center in the brain. Okay, I can talk more about mm -hmm. that. So I'm thinking about when I was a kid, and probably about 13 years old, I had an experience with the Lord, with, with Jesus. I, I was living a life, um, just maybe a typical um, adolescent American life, mm -hmm. and I, my parents went to church, and I went with them, but I didn't really understand what it was all about as I would come to understand at least. And so what happened was I had gone to a retreat with my, my grandparents. It was a, a Gideon retreat in the mountains of Colorado at Glenary Castle. It was a beautiful setting. And I had an encounter with God at that retreat. I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I was with a, a, a group. It was like a youth group type experience with some youth leaders and some other teens. And I remember having an awareness of God's presence like I'd never had before. And I was so excited about it. So excited. It was awesome. I had been going to summer camp and church my whole life. But this experience was profound and really brought, now I know it brought my attachment with God into the full awareness. And I had my relational circuits on with God for the first time. And I was thinking, wow, this is what everybody's talking about or what my parents had experienced, you know, that had brought them to faith as they were hippies <laughs> and then they got radically saved in the Jesus Freak movement. So that was something I had grown up seeing people excited about God, but I hadn't experienced it. So then about 13 years old, I, I had this experience, but I remember going back home and back into my lifestyle um, with friends and relationships and, and, and just in terms of my own mood cycles and thinking, why can I not feel this all the time? Like, why, why do I have this spiritual and emotional high where I feel so much, I didn't call it joy back then, but it was joy. And then I can go back into my normal routines and feel such drudgery and sadness and difficulty. And, you know, I definitely was a teen who dealt with um, depression and sadness um, reoccurrent. And I remember at about 16 years old thinking, okay, I have this relationship with God. I'm cultivating it through journaling and prayer and reading the Bible and going and participating in activities at church and at camp. And I'll have these spiritual and emotional experiences, but then why do I go back into this emotional funk? And if, if what God says is real, if Jesus is real and Jesus has come to bring us life and, and joy, and then why am I continuing to sink back in? And, and I think my journey as a therapist has led me to trying to discover that right because I would really like to maintain my joy levels and have that be a thing and so I, my name is Monica Maurer and I'm a licensed counselor and I'm also the director of the Center for Transformation Institute and at the CFT Institute we're partnering with Life Model Works to bring this life model curriculum to therapists everywhere and that the life model is really the 
the part of my journey when, when I found it, that I found the answer that I've been craving since I was a young person of, in regard to how, how to keep joy levels, how to maintain them, how to build them, how to experience joy in life and not get stuck in, in the negative emotion or in the troublesome emotion to the point where my life was being kind of lived out of that sad space rather than you know being able to experience all that Christ says that we can experience as believers so the life model has been incredible for that and I know that Dr. Wilder in one of the teachings I heard him say and I think he said this multiple times that the people who are attaching to life model the most are those who have found that the Christian lifestyle the Christian experience hasn't been as life-giving as they know it could or should be according to what the Bible teaches and according to what when you are attached to God you know is possible and so the life model helps us understand because what it does is it gives us a big picture perspective of how God created the human brain to function and the fact that it's not functioning at that level causes us to know something's wrong and we know because of sin and the fall and just the breakdown of our humanity that we're not experiencing life at the level that we could should and want to be able to so because of the malfunctions because of trauma because of you know we call it the world the flesh and the devil <laughs> you know these things that come against us as humans we are not experiencing maybe what God originally intended or what the human brain actually can do and so life model comes in and says hey this is what was supposed to happen this is why it's not happening but here are some things you can do to repair and restore and I love I, I love um, what Mike I heard Mike Bickle a pastor say once he said God is always in the business of restoration mm -hmm. and I say that quote quite often <laughs> so um, quite often I'll find myself saying it to clients or in my own personal life God is always in the business of restoration if you ever doubt <laughs> God wants to restore our lives he wants to restore and I think that's the process of Emmanuel presence um, is having a friendship with God, having a relational connection with God, having eyesight like Life Model teaches, Emmanuel sight, that I can see that God is good and that his plan for me is good and that he wants to restore. And even in very difficult life circumstances, if we keep a hold of that, God is in the business of restoring. And that process of restoration causes me to attach to God right and to find my strength and hope in God instead of relying on myself and my own uh, weak ways of dealing with things right my own malfunctions uh, my own pride arrogance you know false confidence it, it, I can align myself with God and come into a place of confidence because of who I am in Christ so I think life model helps us understand how to do that and one of the ways that we can conceptualize this joy center is just to understand it. and this is a lot from living from the heart Jesus gave you if you wanted to look at that book and, and understand how the brain functions in terms of joy those chapters 
in the middle of that book are very helpful for breaking that down. But we can understand from that, that curriculum and that's rooted in you know the neuroscience of Alan Shore, Dan Siegel, and all this brain research that says the joy center never stops growing, even though it was supposed to have grown early in our lives, you know, before two years old, we were supposed to be sitting with our mom and our joy center was supposed to be, I think it's even at three months old, just uh, really growing its capacity. And Dr. Wilder calls it growing joy capacity or climbing joy mountain. Our brain is supposed to be growing in its ability to have bigger, um, more and more and more capacity for larger amounts of joyful connection. But when we have maybe a mother who had postpartum depression or some other life circumstances going on in our parents' life back then, it's going to impact our ability to experience joy in our own brains. And so I think for me, if I can go back in my family line, I can go, oh, well, of course, I'm going to have trouble experiencing joy in my brain considering what my mom was going through or what my grandmother had been through when my mother was born. We can go back, you know, down through the generations and find even from what we know (laughs) why that would have been problematic in my family line. So as we think about that for ourselves as therapists, we can also apply that to the work we're doing with our clients and go, okay, we know there's generational trauma. We know there's generational issues in your family line and how has that impacted the joy growth in your experience as a human and then what do you need to do then to intersect and interact with um, your own human body brain and repair the things as much as you can do right and and I think as um, as a human as a therapist as a wife, mother, friend, I'm always thinking, how can, what can I do with my, for my body, right? Of course, we have to you know, exercise and eat right and do all these things to care for our human body. But then there's also these things around trauma processing and re- relationship building with God, ourselves, and others that can really help our brains repair the joy center. So if the joy center never stops growing, it didn't get what it it needed when I was a baby, but it can continue to grow, then that means I can do things that will facilitate even more growth. So one of the quotes, and Life Model has tons of quotes. I, I I think that Dr. Wilder uses quotes in order to help us stimulate our right brain because if music and poetry are the only words the right brain can hear then what that means is that figurative language is needed in order it's because we were talking about this in one of the groups this week it's about it having meaning if the quote has a some meaning attached to it or beauty attached to it then my subconscious will ingest it will hear it right and so one of the quotes that he uses is that um Joy amplifies and distress amplifies, right? So if joy amplifies, then what that means is the glances that go back and forth between two friends or lovers or, you know, mother, child, father, um, daughter, 
father's son, if there is the glances that go back and forth, every sixth of a second, my brain is getting a, a new message from that joyful connection. So when we look into the, the eyes of our beloved, when we smile, when we use a warm voice tone, when we engage with that person by just um, physical touch, a hug, when those things are transpired immediately, so quickly, milliseconds, my brain is getting more and more joy released into it. If I can receive that joy into my, into my body, into my mind, then that joy is increasing my capacity my brain is always going to be able to climb joy mountain increase my capacity for experiencing more and more joy we say in the thrive training that i've been to a couple of times for um, which is a life model training um, intensive training for growing your brain relational skills that laughter is actually a sign of joy overwhelm so if you're sitting with someone and you're just you know getting that good belly laugh and kind of getting very connected and to the point of laughter, you are actually doing your brain a service. You're growing your joy capacity. So you wanna have those times of laughter. You wanna have those times of connecting so much with another human that there's laughter. And I think as a therapist and the connection that I have with my clients, we I find that laughter is, you know, the Bible says laughter is good medicine, right? But there is, you know, it's not like we're joking the whole time, but laughter is something that we can do with our clients that really, I think, builds that joy capacity. This may be the only place where they laugh. We're able to find um, things that are funny and ways to connect and something uh, so joyful that it brings us to laughter. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to share with another person and really uh, inviting our clients to go and have, do, do eye smiles that we've talked about in other videos or um, share stories with those in their life that they can share joy with and grow that, that, that joy capacity. Because what we want to see happen in our brains is that we're, we're building joy strength, we're growing joy capacity, and that then we're, our brain is able to see, like I can actually go to this place of intense joy, and that place can actually help me when distressing time comes. You know, we, you know the distressing times are coming. Uh, it's, not, it's not lost on us as humans that the life, that life isn't about just joy. There's a lot of pain in life, but we could say that life is about figuring out how to return to joy from pain and to find purpose and meaning in difficult situations because we're all gonna have them. And I've been considering a lot lately, just post COVID, you know, that we all have gone through something so hard. As a culture, as a world, I've never felt more connected to the world than going through what we went through because we, we all went through it together, it made the world feel like a much smaller place to me, that we all were going through something simultaneously and coming out of that, understanding that we need to figure out how to have joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. 
and that life isn't just about finding your happiness, quote unquote, right? It really has so much to do with suffering well. Uh, DBT talks about radical acceptance. Life is worth living even with painful events in it. And as therapists, when we have our clients sitting on the couch in front of us, we're not just trying help trying to help them find their road to happiness. We're trying to help them build resiliency in their lives through growing their joy capacity so that when tough times come, increase in increasingly difficult measure, right? That when these tough times come, their brains can actually find a path back to joy. So it's like growing our joy capacity, but then finding the, the map, right? That leads me back to what Dr. Wilder would call joy camp, right? So if I have joy camp and I can climb joy mountain, then I wanna be able to allow that climbing joy mountain to actually help me forge a path. And really, I mean, neurologically, that's a neural pathway, a neural pathway back to a place of joy where I can rest that God is good, that he wants the best for me, that I can, that my brain actually has the circuitry. I can, I can create the circuitry. It's amazing that the human brain can do that. That can lead me back to a place of finding joy, even in the middle of difficult circumstances. And so there's such a powerful truth that this is not just a spiritual concept. It's not just something that the Bible teaches, um, which would be amazing in itself, right? And I, I believe as a 13 year old who had revelation of Christ, I was like, I'm sold. Like, I don't have to know anything scientifically to believe this. I believe that I believe that I believe and I know that I know that I know because of my experience. But to be able to be an adult who's talking to other um, adults and teens and families and groups about these concepts, I'm able to say like this is also in the science and the science and spirituality actually are married. Science is just figuring out now what we know to be true as spiritual people, that our brain um, does want to return to joy and it has the capacity to do that. And I love what Dr. Wilder says in, I think um, all the authors of Joy Starts Here say that joy, there's actually more about joy in the Bible than there is about eternal life, mm. which is fascinating, right? I mean, we know eternal life's a big deal, but that joy is a really big deal, that God wants us to have joy and that it's joy with him enjoy with others and joy doesn't mean that life is easy it means it's good to be together even in the difficulty thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the place therapists grow we hope you will join us next monday to expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment see you next time